I'm Debbie Travis. And I'm Tommy Smythe. And this is Trust Me, I'm a Decorator. Hi, Debbie. I am fresh off a plane from New York City. Where have you been? Well, I've been up a tree. <laughs> Many trees. Let's say 3,000 trees. I have been, it's our harvest time here, all over really the world now. People are picking olives for the next, really from now till Christmas. Um, so we're picking early this year because rain is expected. So uh, we have to get those olives in. And I thought this would be an amazing time of year for us to discuss my hobby and my new passion, which is olive oil. Yes, so I wanna say before you get started on that, at your retreats, when I have been present, one of the highlights of the weeks that we spend with the women on the retreats is when you give a presentation about olive oil. I say it's a highlight because invariably and in every case, it's a massive learning experience for the people who are there. And for Patrick and I, the first time we heard you give the talk on olive oil, we learned so much that we didn't know. We became advocates and almost like activists in terms of olive oil. So I want to tell our listeners that what follows here is part lesson and part rant. <laughs> and we're going to see which percentage of each it ends up being. But the rant part is really so interesting. So I'll let you take it away because I have a couple of questions that I'll try to insert here and there. But really, mostly this is a lesson on what olive oil is, what it is not, what it does for us in terms of our health and wellness, and how to choose olive oil in the supermarket, which is perhaps the most important part of the lesson. Okay, take it away. Okay, olive oil. I feel like a, a school teacher here, but um, <laughs> olive oil is one of the oldest foods around. We know the Egyptians tucked into olive oil because we've seen it on their scribblings and stuff. Um, so we don't know how, quite how far it goes back. I think those are called hieroglyphics. Hieroglyphics, not scribblings. <laughs> so it's, it's kind of all over the Mediterranean countries from, say, Lebanon to, to, to Spain, to Italy, to Portugal. Um, and beyond now, New Zealand produces a very good olive oil. Even California, the west coast of Canada, parts of BC are trying olives. And also with global warming, things are changing. So yes. olive oil is known, and I, I don't really like this word, but it's known as a superfood because true olive oil is probably one of the most important things you can have in your diet. Um, it is the core of the Mediterranean diet, which has been proved over and over again as one of the most beneficial ways and healthy ways of eating. Yes, this part we do know. I think most people are aware. I'll get to what they don't know in a minute. So, but going back in history, as my children would say, to the Stone Age when I was young, <laughs> olive oil in England and pretty much, I think, North America was a foreign food, as my mother would say. And if they bought olive oil at all, it was bought in a pharmacy in a small medicine bottle because it was used to unblock children's ears. My mom used to warm it wow. up and um, lie you on your side. And I can see people at home going, oh, yes, I remember that. I remember that. Because it was a great way, naturally, to unblock children's ears. And of course, all ki kids get ear infections. But that was about as exotic as it got in the north of England, where... Um, you know, salad dressing, if we got salad, was probably two pieces of lettuce, a sliced cucumber with what we called either, what was it called? Uh, salad dressing, which is like a neon yellow that you spread. Anybody who's been brought up in England will know what salad dressing is. And they do still 
sell it. It sounds ghastly. Well, people, I was telling my hairdresser in London last week, and he actually said, uh, well, I, I eat it all the time. I was like, okay. Um, but anyway, so, you know, the European way on a salad would be oil and vinegar or oil and, and some lemon, and, 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 that's re- and they cooked in it, and they did everything with it. Yeah, and salt and pepper. Yeah. That's, that's a, a European salad dressing is olive oil, vinegar, salt and pepper, lemon juice. The best. But then what happened in the kind of 70s, 80s and beyond is people started to travel. We got cheap travel and, you know, people would start to go to Spain and, and to France and to, and, and to Italy and was shocked at the food like, oh, we can actually taste stuff and realized that there was this incredible food group, which was olive oil and the demand exploded. And when I say exploded, I mean, this is one of the few foods that has gone from zero and just does not stop growing. And they're right. You know, it is a lot better to have olive oil in your diet than say vegetable oil, which is not really a food anymore. And just go on YouTube. I want to say most home cooks who follow recipes online or from books, cookbooks, will notice, of course, that olive oil is in nearly everything we make now. Right. It is right. an essential ingredient in cooking. But this is where I'm, I'm going to take this because, so a good mum, she switched from as much as she can from vegetable oil to olive oil, including myself. I would go to the big box stores, buy one of those gallon things of yellow oil, olive oil in a plastic clear container. All right. I'll get to that in a minute. So then when you have something that is selling so well and is making so much money, what happens? You get corruption. Greed. Of course it's greed. It's the food industries. But corruption in olive oil is off the scale to such an extent. And if anybody's got a pen, and I know we'll put this in the notes, there is an amazing book that I think is life-changing by a man called Tom Muller. And he wrote a book called Extra Virginity. That is not my sex life. Um, it is a, it's the <laughs> title of this book, and I'm going to read you the title. It's called Extra Virginity, The Sublime, which is what I just explained, and The Scandalous World of Olive Oil. And Tom Muller says, and I've written all about olive oil in my book, Joy, again, because it's, it's about life lessons from a Tuscan villa, and olive oil is a big core part of that. So Tom Muller mm. says, Profits from fake olive oil are comparable to cocaine trafficking with none of the risks. Interesting. So if you take that in for a second, that is actually terrifying. And he also says it is predicted to be an $11 billion billion industry by 2025. So when you have an industry that is worth that much, you will have corruption. Like what does that corruption look like? You know, like, how is it correct? How do you spot it? And it's not a bunch of guys on the side of the road going, hey, over here, I'll I'll sneak in some olive oil. It's how the food companies label stuff. Okay. I'll explain the good side. So let's start at the top. So here's a bottle of my olive oil, right? And what I did on this label, Tommy's got his too. Look at you. (laughs) So for those of you who are listening rather than watching the video version of this, I have my bottle of Debbie's oil at home. This is my last bottle. Patrick and I buy a case every year. We just bought our case for this year, which will come in probably November, right, Debbie? Uh, Yeah, end of November, first week of... It'll be early this year, actually, because we picked early. And this is our last bottle. Mm, I mean, if you are what you eat, Patrick and I are at least 50% Debbie's olive oil. Good. (laughs) Squidgy. Okay. So what I did on this label, which I designed, this beautiful label, 
is I put the things on that you're supposed to look for and why. Mm. So the first thing is organic. If you're avoiding olive oil that is not good, is what you're saying. Well, this is what you want to look for in any brand, in any country. I don't care what country it comes from, but this is what you need when you're looking at the label. Because we've been taught over the last kind of decade to read the back of a food label. Of course, because the nutritional information is usually there. Right, but the scandals of how they can corrupt a food is the front of the label. The back Mm. is fat, right? The front could be fiction. Exactly. So what you're looking for is organic in olive oil, and I'll tell you why. Olives do not like, the reason we're picking madly like a couple of weeks early is because olives don't like water. If they sit on the ground, we, we comb them off the trees, they fall onto nets, then we pour them into cassettes, these big plastic containers, and we take them to the press. And we do that in every 24 hours. If they sit on the ground and the ground is wet, they rot. But that also means that when they get to the press, they can be rinsed very quickly, but they cannot be mm-hmm. soaked. So any olive trees that are sprayed, a good proportion of that pesticide goes into the oil. You can't peel olive oil. So when it comes to organic, I'm, I try and really, I mean, organic food is more expensive than normal food. So an organic, let's say an organic chicken is, I don't know, say $35, $30. A normal chicken would be about $10. So if you're raising right. a family, that can be quite substantial. So I would suggest if money's a bit tight, choose the food. So for instance, a banana, an avocado, anything that needs, has a thick skin, a coconut, Peel it, you know, because that needs peeling because the pesticides can't get in. So if yeah. it's something like oil where it's been sprayed, it's you're drinking the pesticide. It's crushed and it goes straight into the, when, when the whole, think of a tangerine, but I'll get to that in a second, mm-hmm. squeezing it, all that stuff is in the oil. So everything, pesticides, skin, pips, everything is into that yeah. juice. So that is why if you can go for, or insist on organic olive oil. Now, the other thing that is, again, people are very aware of is extra virgin. What does that mean? Well, that means the very first press. So the way olives are pressed is very much like squeezing an orange. So the extra virgin orange juice is what your mum used to do when you used to go to school. She would take an orange, slice it in half, squeeze it, and you'd get, you know, an inch of orange juice. That is real orange juice. And the, mm-hmm. But orange juice in a carton, they use everything and they filter it and they do this and they do that. It's still 100% orange juice, but it's not got the nutritional value as that orange right. squeezed. So extra virgin olive oil, you will get 100% of the goodness, and I can explain that later, of what olive oil is so magical for, right? Now, what if it doesn't say extra virgin? Am I ranting now? Yes. What if it just says virgin? Oh, you just like the word virgin, right? I do. So if it doesn't say extra virgin, it will say the next grade down, virgin olive oil. Now, what that means is when I went to the press for the first time where we crushed the olives, everybody goes. It's amazing. You could be a little house with 10 trees and you've got maybe 20 bottles. Everybody just takes their bins with their olives to the one press. Yeah, everybody goes down and your oil goes into these metal canisters that have your name on. When it's all done over a month, 
then you start bottling with, with the, your oil from your container. So the first time I went, I was standing outside and there was a funnel outside the building spewing out what looked like manure into a pile the size of a building. Oh and I'm thinking, what? Ooh, that's weird. Why is that? So I asked somebody and that is everything but the juice, the oil. So the fiber, all of the, all of yes. the flesh. Of the- it's the skin. It's the flesh. It's the stone. It's all that. And I thought, oh, okay. So the next day I went to the press and a truck came, a huge tanker, the type of tanker that would take petroleum in that you see on the highways. And within two minutes, it had sucked up the whole lot and went rattling off to the next press. So then I said to this poor guy who's getting fed up with my questions, so where does that go? He said, well, that is, that is um, picked up at many, many uh, presses and farms. And it goes to a huge factory, a facility, probably in another country, where it is now in it with a different process, not cold pressed anymore, because it's drier. It's hard to get anything out of it without a different process. But they do. So it's a, more of a chemical process. So, but it's still virgin olive oils. Not the end of the world, but, and it'll be che- it should be cheaper, but the nutrients now have really been released. So basically, you're just getting oil. So if you wanted to cook in oil, then maybe, okay, choose that. But if you want the goodness of oil on your salad or on your on your vegetables or whatever, use extra virgin. Right. So the virgin olive oil is not as nutritionally valuable. Right. So you can use but it, it is for 100%. lubrication, like when you're cooking. I mean, the Romans used it for lubrication of different kinds. Yes, we know, Tommy. This much I do know. But they used extra virgin. They did not use this stuff. But You don't stay extra virgin for long when you're using olive oil as a lubricant. Let's just say that. <laughs> You've got a smutty mind, you. Okay. <laughs> so then you've got what's called regular refined olive oil. That's low-end olive oils. I'm re- reading this from my book. Are blended and heat refined to remove any unwanted flavors or odors. The oil becomes bland and insipid, and this further declines the health benefits. So... No food manufacturer is going to call this next level of olive oil down the ladder regular refined olive oil. It doesn't sell. Well, no, because, you know, or or insipid. Right. Insipid olive oil. Yeah, that'll sell well, dear. (laughs) Okay, so what do they do? So this is where food companies are very clever. So they come up with words that we feel nostalgic against. We feel, oh, you know, whatever. So two of the words that they will use. Now, this is olive oil that has now gone from extra virgin to virgin and now by chemical process. Um, it's even so less now you've got a virgin. double whammy of chemicals in there. You've got the non-organic and you've got the, so, so because they're going to call it two famous words. Look in your cupboard now and you'll see it. Classic and pure. So the word ah. pure makes everybody feel newborn baby, that kind of stuff. In the food industry... Unadulterated. Yeah. So, but in the food industry, this is the worst word because I was doing this speech a few years ago and there was a man sitting there and I was explaining this and I said, so if it has the word pure on, it has 14% of the product in it. So 14%... From olives. So, what is the other? How does the definition of the word pure right. mean fourteen percent? Right. So then, this guy sitting there says, 
you're wrong. I said, oh, excuse me. And he said, I have a bee farm. And he said, I produce honey. And if honey has the word pure, this is terrifying, pure honey on it, it's 14%, including the label and the jar. What? So what is the rest? Well, in the case of honey, it is um, sugar and dye and emulsifiers and all that stuff. Now, people are now driving along, listening to me rant, as, as Tommy will say, and they're going up. Come on, come on, Debbie, really? Okay, go home and Google it. But I want to put this thought in your head. And this is a great one for Canadians. Because one thing that Canadians make that is wonderful, and I'll say Uh, the word pure. I know what you're going to say. It's maple syrup. Maple syrup. Now, we all remember the unfortunate label of Aunt Jemima's. I, will get, oh, I know God, I'm going to end yeah, up in jail. Horrible. Racist, awful, terrible. Right. But apart from the, the very outdated label, it said maple syrup. So any Canadian would say, that's not maple syrup, love. It is not no. maple syrup. It is palm oil and palm sugar and dye and flavoring. So it took them a long time. I don't know if it's Nestle. I don't know who owns it, Unilever or whatever. To turn that into, it's just called syrup. Just syrup, yes. And syrup is sugar, right? So maple syrup is something that you put a tap on a tree, it pours out, and it's as natural as, you know, God gave us. Well, olive oil is exactly the same thing. Classic is the same thing. It doesn't mean a thing. So if something says classic butter, classic whatever, but they use it a lot in olive oil, what classic means is it's rubbish, it's basically only good for greasing the gears on your lawnmower. Yes. Or, you know, put it in your car. It's rubbish. Don't put it in your body. This gets worse. So then we have something that makes my blood boil. And that is, <laughs> I know people are running to their cupboards now. Oh, checking their labels. Yes, of course. And I'm not going to tell you the name of the brand because I will go to prison. But um, <laughs> people send me photographs of them chucking it out. Okay. Yes, I know the brand. The next thing, this is scary, is light olive oil. Now, take a trip to the supermarket and look at this rubbish. What is light olive oil? Well, to any woman on the planet, the word light means less calories, and I am going to be thin. Yeah, diet. I'm going to use that olive oil, and I'll be thin. It does not mean that at all. It's light in flavor. Why is it light in flavor? Because they've stripped out everything. Everything they've taken out, the color. I mean, it's virtually white in the supermarket. If you want the proof in the pudding, which I show people when they're here, turn it around, look at the back. And if you look at the calories of almond oil, walnut oil, coconut oil, baby oil, car oil, whatever oil you want to look at, it's exactly the same calories. It's approximately somewhere between 90 and 110 calories a tablespoon. Wow. So light oil, look, at stand in a supermarket. I want everybody to do this. Go and get your glasses on, stand in the supermarket, hold up what says light. And So what they're saying is they're just, they're not doing anything illegal because they're saying, oh, well, we mean light in color, but that's not yeah, the marketing yeah. tool they're selling. So this is how food companies get around you. And as we always say, you've got to be your own warrior. A lot of bakers will say, well, I like light because I don't want to taste the olive oil. Then use almond oil, nut oils, whatever you're baking, you know, use something else. Please don't use that stuff. 
because it's very dangerous. Well, I think there's also something to say about cooking with oils in general, not just olive oil. But one of the reasons olive oil is very good for cooking is that it has a high smoke point. Yes. Which means, so low smoke point oils like sesame oil can be actually, when heated too high, can actually create a chemical reaction that's very bad for your health. Yes. So you have to be very careful when cooking with certain yes. oils and really educate yourself. Google it, mm. look it up. What oils have high smoke points? What oils have low smoke points? Absolutely. Olive oil is ubiquitous in cooking because it has this high smoke point. It doesn't become bad for your health the more you heat it. Absolutely. And then... So quick sidebar. Yeah, no, no. But uh, yeah, that, that's absolutely right, Tommy. You've been listening. And then the other thing, <laughs> the other thing is cold pressed. Now, what does mm. cold press mean? So you will see cold pressed coconut oil, olive oil, you know, many different oils. Yes. So we have an outside shower here in Tuscany, right? Yes. The base of the mm -hmm. shower is an old press. It's basically a huge circle. It's beautiful. It's right by the pool. Yeah, bigger than, say, a truck's wheel, you know, and it's got a funnel on it. So in the old days, they would lay their olives on, put another piece of stone on with a string, and a poor donkey would go around, and the oil would be, the, the olives would be crushed, and the juice would come out of this thing. Now, Hans refuses to it's do like that. It's like a grinding, like a grinding <laughs> process. It's basically. like a grinding process, but, and the juice would come out. Well, nobody's going to yeah. do that in this day and age. So it's done with metal, and it's the temperature and everything. So it's the healthiest way to extract the oil from something. Now, if you look at something like rapeseed, or sesame seed, it's very difficult because those are tiny. So you would look at a seed. Yes. How do you get the oil out of that chemical yeah. process? I can't even get them out of my teeth. <laughs> okay. So always look for cold press, and which isn't hard to find. So then there's, you know, there's loads of questions come up about olive oil. So how long does it last? Yeah, shelf life and temperature storage. Absolutely. And bottles. So if you see our bottle... All olive oil, all oil. Dark and lovely. It should be dark. It should never be in a clear container. How, I don't care how expensive it is and how the salesman says it's from some farm in the middle of wherever. It has to come in a dark glass, whatever you buy, because that protects it from sunlight. There's a chemical reaction that happens with oil if it's left in the sun. Now, you do not put oil in the fridge. You do not have to, but you can freeze oil. So very often. Oh, I didn't know yes, that actually. And you, I, shall I tell you why I know? Because you know the little restaurant in the village. We're just going to take a quick break. We'll be right back. This episode sponsored by BetterHelp. Hey, Tommy Smythe here. Thank God I have a few minutes to myself without my co-host. <laughs> I mean, you've been there. You've been overwhelmed before too. I think most people carry around some kind of stress. And here at the Trust Me Pod, it's Debbie. Did you put your devices on Do Not Disturb? Debbie, do you have your microphone? <laughs> and when we have a guest, I just hope to get in one little question. Listen, sometimes it's hard to keep all your feelings all bottled up because you know what happens when you do. It bubbles over, you lose your cool, and maybe you take it out on someone you love. Obviously, I love Debbie. Therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever it is that's weighing you down. If you're thinking about starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online and designed to be convenient and flexible. Whether you're in Toronto or Tuscany, BetterHelp will fit your schedule. Get it off your chest. Visit BetterHelp.com slash decorator to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp.com slash decorator. 
I'm Sarah Burke, and I host the Women in Media podcast, where I'm exploring the challenges women face in the media spotlight and celebrating our triumphs. My guests come from radio, TV, news, and sports, and we'll cover topics like leadership, diversity, stereotypes, and more. Most of all, I'm looking to build a community through a space where we can discuss anything. The Women in Media podcast, available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, or at womeninmedia.ca. So yes. Albo, who's the owner, crazy guy, who is the owner of the restaurant. and uh, It's Gobby, right? Yeah. The restaurant. Yeah, Gobby, Gobby 13. Now, Gobby is the hunchback of the 13th century who guarded the town. And, and the restaurant is in the wall of the town. So he has his own farm. And some years, you don't get a great crop. And some years, you right. get a very good crop. And his oil is only used in the restaurant. So if he gets a bumper crop, he freezes it. And I was like, can you freeze it then? So we've never I had no to. Idea. And most people shouldn't freeze it because my mantra is use it you should be going through a bottle we go through a bottle a day here if you're on your own or just a couple maybe a bottle every three weeks use it as much so you know we all go to the supermarket and we buy expensive almond oil or you go to a fair somewhere and you go oh i'm going to get that and then what do we do we put it in a cupboard and we forget about it because it was expensive and then it's gone off well patrick and i buy a case of 12 each year and usually by October, we're on the last bottle. So we go through we go through about a bottle a month. And that's why you buy a case. You should be going through about a bottle a month. And you can give it as hostess gifts and things like that. But we live in a city, so we go through maybe a little less than you do because we're out in restaurants more often. Yeah. You know, we're not you cooking at home every day. <laughs> yeah. But let me say another important thing is harvest date. So 99.9% of people's food has an expiry or what do they call it where you are? Sell-by date? A best before date. Best before. You know, every country has a different date. So when I flew back from London last week, I bought a croissant on the plane. It was all they had. That sounds awful. An airplane croissant. It was awful. Because, but it, was a, it was a ham croissant, so you'd hate it anyway, with oh. a big lump of butter in it, in a plastic yes. bag with the expiry date, 2025. <laughs> what? Oh, that's disgusting. Isn't that disgusting? Okay. Oh, my God. Right. What did you So I, I have a beef about expiry dates or sell-by dates or best-by dates because they're set by government bodies. Yes, regulating bodies. Now, if something, if, if you're buying, say, something like an expensive oil and you go into one of these fancy oil shops and you've got a salesman, you need to ask and you need to say, what was the harvest date? If they can't answer you and they say, oh, well, it, it expires in a year and a half. No, that's not good enough. If you're going to spend that kind of money on oil, you want to, and they're saying, yeah, it comes from a little farm in Spain and my uncle owns it. Well, what, when was it picked? Well, that tells you how old it already is when you buy yes. it. Yes. So on our bottle, we write it on by hand. It'll say usually 11, which is the month that we're picking. So when you buy that... You will know it's three months old, five months old, eight months old. Olive oil will last, it will last two years, but in the store, you don't know. No. Because we FedEx it directly to your door. You will get the oil a month off the tree. And there are other consortiums. You don't have to buy my oil. But if you're buying from a consortium, you go on holiday and you find a great farm, 
That's your oil for the next 20 years. You liked it. You saw the trees, whatever. Yeah. 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 It's, it's brand loyalty when you, when you find a product you like. Yes. If you, I haven't been to Tuscany, I haven't been here. Then where do you buy oil? What I highly suggest, either find a consortium like us or go to your local Portuguese, Italian, Israeli, Lebanese, any of these Mediterranean places, and you will find Uncle Luigi in the back is not drinking that rubbish in the supermarket. He's having it shipped over in, 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 you know, in big bottles, and he will say, well, come in the back, you know, I've got some great oil. Do your research because it's what makes me infuriated is here is a product that is so good for you. I mean, I have good yeah. skin, right? I am really old. It's olive oil. It's without a doubt. I take my makeup off with it. You know, I rub it on my legs. I use it for all kinds of things. I know what you're thinking to me and that's smutty, but you know, <laughs> but you know, it's, it's used here all the time. And I have very dry hands from all the years of painting. I rub oil on my hands. I've actually seen you do it in the kitchen. Yeah, rub it in. When you've been cooking and you just put a little on your hands yeah. and do that while you're cooking something in the pan. Yeah, and you know, you do it. My, my hands are very smooth at the moment for my hands because we've been picking and it comes off on your hands. You know, the, you're covered, you know, you're in oil. We've actually kept three or four trees because Marilyn's arriving in a couple of days. Oh, yeah, that's because right. Marilyn you know, and Jim this is a coming. working holiday. going to get her to pick the olives. <laughs> so Marilyn Dennis and her husband Jim are going to be up a tree. So I'm sure we'll do some great pictures. She will love that. She will so enjoy like seeing what it's like and, and doing it. Yeah, well, she's going to have everything. I think they'll both. I know. Jim will think it's really cool too. Yeah, and that's why I kind of saved it. So, you know, Italian, Portuguese, Greek, Turkish, find a local place in these areas and see what they've got because they will have the better stuff. So I want to add, I want to inject one thing here, mm. which is... I, years ago, I've been to Portugal three or four times. Mm. The second time I went to Portugal, I was taken by Aaron Williams, who's a really well-known designer in Canada who has a company called Casa Cubista. They make ceramics and, and terracotta home goods, beautiful things. But when I was visiting him, he said, we're going to have an olive tasting. And I said to him at the time, you mean like a wine tasting? And he said, yes, but with olive oil. And we went to this ancient olive farm that actually had the stone grinder for pressing the oil and all the things. And they showed us how it was made. They had thousand-year-old olive trees. Then we did this tasting of the different types of olive oils. It's so much fun. It was fascinating. So interesting. Yeah. And so the way that you're sort of suggesting that people will find their brand and, and the one that they like from the region that they like. I want to say to people, when you're traveling in regions where there is olive oil production, make it a part of your trip. Absolutely. It is just as interesting and just as rich in terms of information and experience as wine tasting. Mm. Oh, I think, I think it's more interesting. And you know how they do it. I don't know if they did it in Portugal, but they do it in blue uh, glass. Like little shot glasses. Shot glasses. Because they don't want the color. So if you see the color, our olive oil is uh, a yellowy green. It's beautiful. It's Verging on like a chartreuse. Uh, yes, it's gorgeous. Exactly. And when you first taste it, it's spicy. So it's oh, oh my god, oh my peppery. God. It's kind of peppery. It's peppery, and which yeah. is quite normal. And this will get milder. Doesn't mean there's anything wrong with it, but it will get milder after about five months, and it'll go. So the supermarket stuff will never have that. The real stuff, like shipped right to your door, is this beautiful. Mm. So what I say to people, I'll tell you. 
I don't know if I can tell this story. Can I tell this story? Anyway, um, you know, for me, it's gold dust because it, it, we get a bottle of tree. That's all. And it can take you two hours yeah. to, to, to pick a tree. So, it, you know, it's a lot of labor. And, um, and we don't have the machines to pick. You know, we have shakers sometimes, but we're picking by hand. It's a real artisanal product. Yeah. And, you know, you want to experience the purity of it and also the story behind yeah. it. Yeah. You know? So my, my youngest son, my youngest son, Max, I was in Toronto and he was living in, it was years ago in my apartment. He was single at the time and he was doing that you know, that Tindery thing. And he had, a, <laughs> he had a lot of dates. He's a, you know, he's a good looking boy and he had lots of dates and everything. Anyway, one night I'm lounging around in my pajamas on the sofa. He says, bye mom, I'm going out. He says, I've met one of the girls. He's really lovely. And I'm going on a second date. So I said, Oh, that's lovely. You know, how nice. And he's walking like with something behind his back hidden. And I'm like, what's that? And he said, nothing. I said, is that my oil? And I had six bottles to give to friends in Toronto. And he was sneaking a bottle out so he could get... To impress his date. Well, more than that, you know. <laughs> I said, if you think you're getting a S-H-A-G because of my oil, you can put it back in the cupboard. Um, so because it is gold dust, you know, every bottle is hard work. But let's let's do a recap because I hope people are really... Patrick, well, hold on. Before you do the recap, along those lines, my Patrick is very selective about who he gives the oil yeah. to. So when we get a case, we'll keep most of it and use it. Mm. And then he'll give away like one or two bottles. And it's always fascinating for me to see who is anointed with a bottle of Debbie's oil. Yeah. And if they don't appreciate it, it's like, can I have it back, please? You never get another one. if You'll you never get it. another. No. Well, well, that's what, and because we get it to you before the holidays, it's a great hostess gift because a wine just gets open and oh. people forget. Here you've got something and you've got a story to tell. Yeah. And, and it's interesting because it's really kind of like for a hostess gift, it's perfect because it's really a, a similar price point. It's a lateral move yeah. from a decent bottle of wine to a decent bottle of olive oil. Yeah. And arguably the olive oil is a little more useful Useful, and it's certainly more long lasting because exactly. I don't know about you, but in my house, a bottle of wine is gone in one evening, <laughs> whereas the bottle of olive oil you use for a month and it's lovely. Exactly. To have. This year, I think we'll have a good harvest, a very good harvest. So we produce around about three to four thousand bottles, half a liter, I think. You probably eat about a thousand yeah, yourself. Exactly. So <laughs> most of it, well, all, apart from what we keep here, goes to North America. So it goes to yes. our American guests and our Canadian guests, and occasionally, you know, it'll go to Australia and things like that. So we. Mm -hmm. ship it in things of 12. You can split it with a neighbor, with a friend. But the funny thing is, you know, we get lovely new people all the time. And then, you know, they do it online. They just go to Debbie Travis, they do it online. And then a week later, they're going, I never got my oil. I'm like, no, it's June. The oil, <laughs> there's no olives yet. You know, you have to like, reserve it because there's only a limited supply. Yeah. And we're, I'm posting as we go on. So as of tomorrow, because it was more important to post the dog yesterday meeting me in the airport. But as of tomorrow, I'm going to be posting things like, um, and I know this will go on a little bit in a week or so, but I'll be posting, you know, all things about oil um, because I am passionate about it because it should be a core part of your consumption. If you are a mother and you've made this decision to not use the awful stuff, and, and please Google canola oil, Google vegetable oils, just see how they're made. But do your research. So just going back to Tom Muller, the book is Extra Virginity, but also it was so successful and it's so brilliant, this book, that 2020 on, um, I think it's uh, CBS, 
did a documentary series about it. And they're now making the movie about it. And it was so scandalous when this erupted. It's everybody who's producing oil and countries that are selling it are just as scandalous. Um, but Italy, sadly, is, you know, because it produces some of the best oil in the world, it also has the biggest scandal. I mean, never immune to scandal and greed never. at the Italian. We're, yeah, we're, we're very good at that. <laughs> so, but at Rome Airport, there's a special building now where all oil must go through it. So our cases are opened up. Their first test... Like a checkpoint. It's a checkpoint to make sure... Well, first of all, we have the, you know, the European organic seal, which is the dotted leaf. Um, but they also test it to make sure there's no residue of any pesticide in. So they will open right. one or two crates. Well, I mean, it's a matter of national pride. Uh, so they should do that. Yes, of course they should. Of course they should. The other thing that is fascinating is... Okay, I'm not going to say the name because I will get in trouble, but I was once in Toronto and there's a pizza chain there. And on the table, they have fancy tins of olive oil. Now, there's nothing wrong with tins, by the way. Tins are fine, just not plastic. So um, on the table were these fancy tins of a fancy oil from Tuscany. So I poured some on my pizza and I knew straight away that's not... They'd been refilled with something They'd else. They'd refilled it. Now, they weren't the only ones. I know restaurants that do that with ketchup. As well. Oh, gross. I'm going to show you. I know this is frustrating for people not looking, but if you can see now at the end, this is the law worldwide. What we're seeing is the nozzle. That once you remove the cap on the bottle, there's a plastic nozzle beneath the cap that is very specifically designed. Yeah. And this is, so, you can't remove it. So I cannot even refill my own. And I'd love to because these bottles are expensive. It's impossible to refill these bottles. Yeah. So actually, I went in the back towards the kitchen and I said, excuse me, but this is not olive oil. It is not any good olive oil. And it's certainly not from that farm, which I know. And they said, yes, it is. And I said, no, it's I know. I'm banned from that restaurant now. From <laughs> They took me out screaming, my little legs dangling, you know. Um, <laughs> so, you know, I'm passionate about it because... You know, at a certain age, you think you know everything about food and everything, but the food companies are very, very clever. Listen, there's never been in human history more confusing and conflicting information mm. about food and health. Exactly. It is impossible to get a straight answer. It's nearly impossible to weed through the noise and cut through the noise to try to get to the truth about the food that we eat. It is a very difficult time. And so... I'm glad that you're doing this because when you educate on a small scale at the retreats and now doing this on the podcast, I think there's so much valuable information for consumers and just for people who are interested in the culinary arts, who enjoy food, which leads me to a question that I've wanted to ask you on this particular episode, because I've never asked you this. Oh, God. Of all of the things that you make using olive oil, what is your favorite thing to eat? With olive oil? Yes. Oh, the best lettuce you can find or from your garden. And I once, years and years ago, I think I was about 30, we were with a man in the film business. He was from Capri. And we went, he took us in the back. We're in Milan at the film festival. And he took us in the back of the restaurant. And he said, I come to this restaurant all the time and I make my own salad dressing. And I was like, really? <laughs> he was, an, I mean, he seemed so old at the time. And he basically, in the restaurant, it wasn't his restaurant, he goes over and he takes the lettuce, he shreds it up, and he made a dressing, and I, I've never since been able to make it. It was just oil. Maybe a touch of 
of lemon. And, you know, this poor girl from the north of England who eats fish and chips. I'd never seen anything like that. But when you get your oil, we say to people, you know, don't cook in it. Don't, you know, have it with some friends. Just put it into little, little dips some crudités, you know, some chopped vegetables, a little bit of focaccia, a little bit of bread, and have fun and taste it. You're licking your lips. <laughs> well, I, have, I am, because I have two favorite things, two favorite ways to eat it. One is, and I do this myself at um, my family's uh, summer place in the summertime when the tomatoes come out, and you've made it for me at the villa which is, and then you know, we're going to have to do a little preamble to this, to my favorite way to eat olive oil, because what is the gener- what is the answer to the generation's old question? Is it bruschetta or bruschetta? Bruschetta. Double C. Bruschetta. Double C is a K. Bruschetta. So that's the answer to that question. But the answer to my own question, my favorite way to eat it is bruschetta. And I love it because it is a way to get the actual taste of the olive oil mm. without cooking it. My second favorite is there's a restaurant in Toronto, a plant-forward restaurant that Patrick and I love, which has just been recognized by Michelin. Oh, and nice. it's called Gia. And at Gia, they're famous for their olive oil cake. And olive oil cake is so delicious. Mm. It is such a delicacy. And if made well and properly... It is a wonderful way to enjoy the flavor of olive oil, but in kind of an unexpected way because there's also the sweetness of the sugar that goes with it. Exactly. So my two favorites are bruschetta and olive oil. Yeah, and I think what's really important is it's also a habit. If you think like an Italian, for instance, and you have the bottle near the food. So, you know, I would never years ago have put drizzled olive oil on my soup. We drizzle it yeah. on everything. So you're constantly, we have a shot in the morning, um, like a thimble with a little bit of cayenne pepper, a bit of lemon juice. Mm-hmm. You want to get your liver going after a oh, heavy that'll night? That'll your heart, your heart, honey. Exactly. It's the best <laughs> thing. And it's something that, you know, doesn't matter if you're vegan, vegetarian, you know, whether you're from Middle Eastern countries. Before I recap, I want to just say, if you say that a lot of olive oil is not what it says it is, and there's a scandal behind yeah. it, what is it? What is it? I mean, it must be other oils, like canola oil. Mm-mm, mm-mm, no? Mm-mm. It's something called lampinade. And lampinade comes from lampinade? China, and it's for lighting lamps. What? Yes. So when okay. I say using the wrong stuff is dangerous, I mean it's really dangerous. You're consuming that. Look it up, lampinade. Look it up. But... I'll tell you something else. So wine and oil are one of the only foods, and think of wine as a food, that does not have to have the ingredients on the back. Isn't wine one of the four food groups? Of course it is, Tommy. It's injected (laughs) in me every day. But when you have wine, you can add vanilla, sugar. Yes. That's why some wines give you a hangover. Worse than, you'll get a hangover here. When you see what they- There are plenty of additives yes. in, in some wine. Right, and yeah. a lot, but sugar is a food, but they don't add, they don't say, okay, three quarters of this is sugar. If it was peanut butter and they'd added sugar to the peanut butter, they have to say on the back how much sugar is in it. They have to disclose that, yes. But not oil. And so if you've added a filler or dye, dye is one of the big things because when it's chemically produced, the oil, it's very limpid. It, it, so they add very the clear. color. And they add the flavor and they just build it back up. But you're, you're eating, you're drinking chemicals. So you're better off not having it, to be quite honest. So 
this is what you have to get. Organic, if you can, please try for organic because you don't want the pesticides inside. Extra virgin, that is the first press. Anything after that, it means it's been mucked around with and it's lost a lot of its nutrients. So each time yes. down the ladder, there's, le there's less goodness. By the time you get to classic olive oil, um, there's nothing in it. So um, harvest date. So there's a lot of fancy shops now opening up selling olive oil. These guys are supposed to know what they're talking about. So when you go in and they often they have them in these drums and they're going Portuguese oil, Lebanese oil, Greek oil. Ask the, I don't care which country, no country is necessarily superior. It's the way the oil's been treated. So say to them, sorry, when right. was this harvested? If they can't answer right. you, go back to the supermarket. Stay away from anything that says classic or pure or light. Light, it's the same calories, you know, um, yeah. and cold pressed. And that's it, my friend. Did I rant? <laughs> you did. But this was such an important conversation. I mean, one of the reasons that we wanted to start this podcast and move it off of Instagram and into the world of podcasting is so that we can share things that we're both passionate about with listeners. And this is something that I wasn't as passionate about before I heard you talk about it. And since I've heard you talk about it, I'm an absolute convert mm. and I'm an activist. Mm. And I tell people all the time mm. the information that you've shared with me. And I hope that our listeners will do that too and improve the things that they put in their body using the education mm. that you've provided and also share um, this wonderful gift of what this food is. And how delicious to drizzle you, you know, when we go, we're just going back to the little restaurant in the village, which is the classic, if anybody comes to Tuscany, this is the classic mum and pop cooking. Well, mum's in the kitchen. The son looks like he'd rather be anywhere else <laughs> than waiting. Yeah. He's waiting the tables. And Albo, the owner, he's greeting everybody, taking the orders, and he's a bon vivant. He's full of life. Um, and a flirt. And a flirt. But the, when you sit down before you order, he gives everybody what looks like. And I see our guests go, Ooh, what's that? It looks like a piece of toast, right? Yes. And, um, and that's what it is. It's a piece of grilled bread rubbed in a little bit of garlic, drizzled in olive yeah. oil. I can guarantee it is the best thing you've ever eaten in your life. My, my mouth is watering just thinking about it because I know it. I've, I've experienced this a couple of times and it is so delicious because it is so simple. Mm. And it's very hard, you know, cooking and eating can be so overcomplicated sometimes. And there's something really to be said for going right back to something incredibly basic. Mm. The bread in Tuscany, as you've described to me, is really just a vehicle for getting something else into your body. Mm. And so the, the bread's not like the highlight. Yeah. The olive oil yeah. that you put on the bread, that you wipe up with the bread, exactly. is the thing that you're supposed to be tasting. It's a delivery system. Exactly. And, and you know, it's, look, it's oil is in everything. Most packaged food has palm oil, probably the one of the worst products on the market. Um, yes. So, you know, the, when, when you taste and you get used to good food, and the other thing that olive oil does a good oil, is it makes a blander product. So, you know, if you don't have summer tomatoes, you know, locally mm -hmm. grown, they're pretty awful mm -hmm. from a supermarket. But put a little bit of nice Himalayan salt, coarse salt on, a little bit of uh, drizzle of olive oil, you've suddenly enlightened. You know, it's like having yes. a, a plain black dress. Now you put some jewelry on and wow. Well, thank you for this. This has been a really good recap and, and refresher course for me. And I hope 
really, really valuable new information for our listeners on the podcast. Yeah, well, I, so, I can't talk much longer, Tommy, because I have to go back up a tree. Well, in all this talk about it, I'm actually going to make a reservation <laughs> at Dia and go and have some olive oil cake tonight. So we've got, yeah, we have to keep picking because um, we're literally, it's we've got pickers here helping us because the first year we did it, the children came with their friends and they never came back. Then we invited our friends over. They never came back, not during this time of year. And then we did a retreat, and, and Hans was very funny because it's a, it's a, you're out in the fresh air. It's still T-shirt yeah. weather during the day, and everybody's chatting. You know, you've got six women like birds in a tree, you know, <laughs> some on ladders, some perched here. And Hans will go past, because time is money, time is money, keep picking. And he's going past mumbling to himself, do you think these women could talk and pick at the same time? <laughs> Because <laughs> they're all talking about, you know, life. The labor, you've got to, yeah, yeah. you've got to keep your labor force motivated. Exactly. And it, it means the world to me that something that, I, that we've grown and looked after and loved and picked and pressed and then sent to a family that I don't know around the world, you know, who needs a middleman? You know, I love it. There's a lot of heart in it. And so thank you for sharing the oil and for sharing the information and for sharing this passion of yours with all of us. Thanks, Tommy. And we'll put the names of the book and all that. It's not my book, but I highly recommend people Google that and Google it. So we'll put all that in the notes. Bye, my love. Bye, Debbie. Back up a tree. Bye. <laughs>